Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We are very proud to be part of the Variety Sports Network. And of course, we are originating from the Bradshaw Bourbon Studio. I just cracked a brand new bottle of TB's Finest. I have three empty soldiers to my right. Perhaps I have a problem. What's anyway, the, the Pittsburgh. <laughs> what's, what's the batch number on the new bottle? Uh, you know what? It's two again. It's it's I I it, uh, these are all two. See, I, I this one and this one and this one. Yeah, they're all two. Um, I I I gotta stop making noise. But anyway, welcome in. The Steelers uh, kept their postseason hopes alive with a thirty to twenty three win out in Seattle. Uh, great victory out there uh, behind a punishing running game. And, um, man, it, it is great to be in this position based on where we were. And uh, we'll get into all that. Hello to everybody that's joining us right now. Hello to everybody in the chat. My God, we have somebody from South Korea. What time is it there in South Korea? <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Oh, look, we have somebody from Italy here as well. Um, Buongiorno. Hello, Giuseppe. Uh, he met at the Pope. <laughs> I I got probably about uh, 15 feet from the Pope. My son almost touched him. He was real close. Yeah. Well, now what would have happened if your son had touched the Pope, though? Is uh, that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I I wasn't sure. I I mean, you know, protocols and such. Yeah. Uh, I think he like... has the picture, right? I mean, yeah. He was, I, I he was just being wheeled out. And... Pope kind of had his arms up, you know, and, and all, everybody's kind of reaching out towards him. So there were a couple people that touched him, but yeah, my son's do, not quite they, tall enough. So to do, do you that, do, but... do you do like a high five with the Pope? Do you do like a, yeah, a, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just curious. Yeah. Uh, for those wondering, it's uh, noon on Friday in South Korea. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. I'm glad you have nothing better to do than to listen to us. Uh, he must be at his lunch hour. Maybe that's what it is. Speaking uh, of, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Ian. To, shout out to uh, Giovanni at the Steelers Bar in Rome, where I got this <laughs> awesome shirt. Um, so, which, outstanding. Uh, says Veni Lucy Vici, which is I came, I played, I conquered, and has the Super Bowls that we won. And he also sells these terrible towels. Oh, my God. Um, that that's a terrible towel in Italian. So uh shout out to Giovanni at uh yeah the see and, and, and look at the risk of sounding corny. La Botticelli is the, the name of the Steelers bar. But yeah. this is they, they talk about Steelers Nation being worldwide. That's a perfect example. Yes, you know, it just is. And and I'll I'll leave the cheesiness uh uh right there. But yeah, uh guys, well, what I'm gonna well, do Ian, Ian, you were telling yeah. us about hanging out with the, the country club crowd and drinking lemon cello earlier on Slack. <laughs> How's that? Is it lemon cello or limoncello? Limoncello. And it's limoncello. Get it right. Uh, limoncello. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. My uh, friends don't hang out at the country club. I apologize. It's no. not a country club drink. You can get it at any bar in Italy, and it's delicious. Oh, but, okay. uh, can, can you can you give us a uh, uh, like a comparison of something that uh, we may have here? I mean, my cousins make limoncello at home. Oh, it's not that okay. hard to make. Um, 
it's basically like lemon extract and vodka or use no use uh like everclear or something and you cook it for a while and it's it's a it's a lemon liqueur basically perfect it's kind of like uh fireball except that's vodka and lemon vodka or something stronger because you know some of the alcohol will cook out when you yeah Yeah. okay yeah but it's 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 you know sweet and tangy and uh you know you you drink it in very small quantities like a I guess I, I don't know, like fire. I wouldn't say like fireball because, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, fireball is in... basically, you know, cinnamon mouthwash mixed with whiskey. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're asking anyway. for a hangover if you're drinking it, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. I digress. Yeah, yeah, we all digress. Let's jump into it here. Um, I, I got three questions and, and I'm going to give you each an opportunity to be uh, the, the number one here, everybody's going to get a chance to, to answer, uh, each of the three. Um, I'll, I'll start, uh, Ben, you were in, uh, Lumen field the other day. I was. Uh, and my, my question, my first question will I'll start with you. What is Mason Rudolph doing differently, uh, in this offense to generate the offense that is happening than what we've seen from Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. What is there something you can point to and differently? Yes. What's he doing Um, differently? He's doing, he's making decisions more quickly, but he is still locking on to, and they're all doing it, man. Every goddamn one of them. And I, I talk comes back to this flexibility thing I was talking about earlier in the year. They lock onto their first read for too long. It's like it's it's designed to go to the first read and they don't look away fast enough. What Mason has done has is be the least bad about locking on to his first read and going to the next and and making decisions fairly quickly. That is getting the ball out on time. Yes. Pickett wasn't getting the ball out on time. I'm sorry. I know Kenny Pickett is adored and loved by by spark by scrubs especially, but <laughs> But Pickett was not getting the ball out on time. And, you know, if you can't do that, you're not going to move it very well. You're Sure, you're not going to throw any picks, mm-hmm. but you're also not going to throw any touchdowns. And, and that's, you know, you wanted to say earlier this season, Mark, that all the aggressiveness had been coached out of him. Maybe it has, but, you know, Mason's in the same offense, working under the same coaches, and he's a lot more aggressive. So here we go. Yeah, Scarps. I'm going to give you that same question too. What, what What do you think Mason has been able to do differently? Anything different from what Ben said? Uh, I would say two things. One, I think that he he hang he stands tall in the pocket. Uh, that throw oh, to Pickens, that unbelievable. Throw, that throw to Pickens, um, where I can't remember which offensive lineman it was, but um, the fact that he's six five and hung tough, and he literally just reached over. All it, just, it was a it was a perfect ball. Um, the other thing that I think he does really well is he gets the guys the ball in space and gives them an opportunity to create plays. Um, I, I just I, I think that you know as Ben as Ben said he's 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 timely. Um, you know the guy the guy is playing out of his. I don't want to say out of his mind. I think the mm-hmm. guy is playing very well. He is putting up numbers we haven't seen in years the offense is putting up numbers we haven't seen in years and see you know see if the see if the story continues ian and and we'll we'll uh, round up this first question with you here this is a great point that melvin brought up um 
about Mason throwing flat-footed because I noticed that during the game that Ryan's right that he was standing tall, but it it seemed like he was almost throwing flat-footed a lot and not stepping into the throws. But at the same time, that is a dramatic improvement from Mitch Trubisky basically falling out of his shoes backwards trying to throw the ball. Right. So Mason actually, you know, staying centered over his feet and being able to, you know, it's not like he has the best mechanics in the world, but right. it's better than what what Mitch had, which delivers a, a better, more on-time and on-target throw, unless you're Aaron Rodgers and just have the arm strength to not worry about your footwork and just gun it in there like he yeah. does, which is crazy. Um, but I think the other thing Mason has done better than either of the other two is understanding the concepts that the receivers are running and what the defense shows him to know which guy's going to be open. So I agree with Ben's point that he locks onto a guy, but it seems like a lot of the times the guy he's locking onto and getting the ball to gets open, right? Like that, the throw to Pickens, um, where Pickens was in the slot and ran kind of the, the out with Deontay running the in underneath it, that was a very well designed play. And that was a play where, Pickens was covered to start, but his the the safety defender cheated up on um, on yeah. Deontay coming yeah. running the dig, and then Pickens you know went out and was open. That was a throw where Pickett would have looked at Pickens first and come off it immediately, being like, "Nope, he's covered, not there. We're going somewhere else." Mason hung on to it, knowing the concept, and it was there for him to make the throw. Yeah, I. Agree. I think uh, all three of you guys are hitting on it. The decision making, uh, the getting the ball out, getting it to guys in space a little bit more. Um, it, it's just been night and day, uh, at least for for me as a viewer. Um, Scarps, I'll go question number two to you first. Uh, the running game has been really good the last two weeks, and and again, there's you know Bengals and Seahawks and blah blah blah. How well they do defensively against the run, we know that. My question is this. Is Najee Harris running right now like a guy who, I don't know, maybe has a fifth-year option coming up? Uh, Najee has definitely been better. Um, I have been critical of him, um, and I get to still stand by this. He's he's not as <laughs> he's not as good as Jalen Warren, and this is why you don't invest first-round picks in running backs. That's no, not exactly. To, that's not to say that. I don't think he's played well enough to not pick up his fifth-year option. Um, I think that they probably will do that, but I think more than anything that has that has benefited uh, Najee Harris over the past couple of weeks is that the offensive line is doing a much better job, um, right. and the offense overall. I don't know if and 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 I, I do want to say this: Matt Canada sucked, and <laughs> and there is no doubt about that. But I think these dudes also were pissed off about the quarterback play, whether that was Kenny, whether that was Mitch. And I think that they just, they're locked in. They've bought in. They're rallied behind Mason. Um, and, you know, if that benefits Najee and in the run game, don't care. Um, but I think that, I think that, yes, he's, I think he, he definitely has listened. He has listened to some of the criticisms. Um and he's done well. Good for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, what, what do you think after you had a chance to watch the game? Uh, 
I mean, he always runs hard, but man, he, he seemed to take it up a notch on Sunday. He's definitely taking it up a notch. I agree. I also think the, the line has blocked better. Jalen Warren is still a more explosive runner. Yes, Ryan is correct. But also, I think Seattle's tackling was just terrible. And I think Naj saw That's that. surprising for them because yeah. they're usually pretty good. Yeah, and that said, I think, you know, he's at his best when he can just run guys over and be aggressive. And the other thing, let's not forget, Mason actually hitting a couple throws down the field forces those safeties back a little bit and opens up a little bit more space underneath. So it's not like he's facing nine, ten-man boxes anymore. He's got, you know, a, a lot of creases now that he can choose between, and he's making better decisions too. He's making more decisive moves in the backfield and not dancing around and waiting and hitting the hole and going and running guys over. And it's great to see. Yeah, I, I would agree. He definitely, I noticed that against Cincinnati and I think he added to that a little bit um, on Sunday, the decisive decisiveness from him has been a little better. Uh, ben, we'll round up that question uh, with your take. Uh, do, do you see anything uh, improved different at all with Najee? No, I don't see anything different with Najee. I still have the same okay. opinion. Najee needs to lose 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, now his projected fifth-year option has come down to 6.7, as it was to, I think it was 7.2 three or four weeks ago. I don't know how they measure this. I, yeah, I, I was just going to ask, how does that? I, 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 I don't know. Either way, it's about $7 bucks. okay? Um, is Najee Harris a $7 million running back? Uh, no, not in my opinion. And yes, Melvin, you're correct. We ran a lot of 13 personnel on purpose to take advantage of their weak run stopping linebackers, including one Devin Bush who got trucked. That dude (laughs) just, he got trucked all game long. It was fun to watch because he doesn't play for us anymore. Um, did you see how many tackles he was credited with, by the way? He had like no. 17, he had right? He like 17 tackles. What? Yes. He had five solos, but it was credited with 17 total tackles. You got to be I, shitting me. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I checked through. Yeah, 17 yeah. tackles, 10 or 12 yards downfield. <laughs> they gave up 200 yeah. yards of rushing, dude. 200. <laughs> I know. I know. It. I you know, know it's, it's That's humiliating. That's not embarrassing. That's fucking humiliating. Well, and if, yeah. if he wasn't such an ass on his way out and also like recently, like, you know, laughing yep. at Steelers, Steelers, demise of the Steelers, it, w- it would be a different story. But like, right. wow. what a! And he was good before he got hurt, but he just never came back. All right, Ian, I'm going to go with our third and final question to you. All right. Um, and, and again, I, I know. Did you I'm ask a... Ben the Najee question? I did. Yeah. Okay. Did. okay yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll preface this with saying that that most of us agree that we don't really like to judge draft classes for at least two to three years. However, mm-hmm. I'm going to still ask this. All right. How would you look at, at Omar Khan's first draft right now coming up on the final regular season game, looking at his rookie class? What would you say compared to years past? Hey, I'd say they've gotten more contributions from this class in their first year than their typical rookie class. Um but, you know, nevertheless, the class still has room to grow. Um, but there are some bright spots there, right? You know, Broderick Jones is the best tackle on the team, regardless of which position he plays. 
Joey Porter Jr. was voted Rookie of the Year and has done some very nice things in the secondary. He's still, you know, he, he is who we thought he is, right? He's got the athleticism, the frame, the things you can't teach, right? You can't teach how to run fast. You can't teach how to have long arms. You can teach how to use that stuff, but mm-hmm. you can't teach a player how to have long arms, right? You either have them or you don't. He's got them, and he's learning how to use them. He needs to learn how to be less grabby. He still gets a lot of penalties, but he's improving, and he's still the best cover corner on the team. Um, you know, Herbig has been a really nice player when he's gotten in there, had a big strip sack and fumble Huge. recovery in this game. Um, he probably deserves more reps. Keanu Benton has looked like our best defensive lineman at times this year, and that's not a slight to Cam Hayward. Cam was injured for half the year. So, you know, I, I said at times he's looked very good, um, yeah. and there's definitely a lot of upside there. So this this class is deep and given a lot of contributions and has a lot of upside, but they can't rest on their laurels. They have to continue to grow and develop too. For sure, for sure. Ben, uh, same question to you. How, how would you compare this uh, draft class to some of the recent ones by Colbert? Well, first, the, the first round pick was actually a hit. Uh, our last hit in the first round was 2017 TJ Watt. In my opinion, that's, that's the last time we definitely got a, a high-impact first rounder. I know mm-hmm. people love Najee. They love their picket, you know, but... <laughs> I mean, honestly, the last really good first rounder we got was 2017. I would right? I would argue 2019, but okay. Okay, who's 2019? We traded it for Minka. That's a good point. Yeah, very good point. Fair. But we didn't point draft taken. anybody per se. But yeah, <laughs> right. we got an all-pro safety out of it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. So first that... Um, I've asked myself if this is a really good class because they're contributing so much or if the Steelers were so poor a team that this class could come in and just perform and and excel and 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 pass those guys on the depth mm-hmm. chart. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. I think it's probably a combination of the two, to be perfectly honest. Guys like, uh, like Herbig at outside linebacker probably wouldn't have gotten any reps, to be perfectly honest. And he's had an opportunity, and he and he's been able to contribute with a little bit that he's played. He has. I think they should convert that kid to an off the ball linebacker. Um, have him run some blitzes here and there. Take him out of that spot. He can he can cover. He can also co- he can run. Mm-hmm. That's what he should be doing, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, you've got you've got uh, Jones, who's a, a very good pick. You've got JPJ and Benton that were good picks, you know, this is a pretty good class. Yeah. Trice obviously was hurt. He's all for the Trice season. Was hurt. Right. Um, and, and Spencer Anderson, uh, you know, really hasn't Spencer seen Anderson. It. Yeah. He's, he's hasn't seen much time on the field, but he's, he's been with the team the whole year and he's a pretty versatile player. Yep. So, you know, again, no gripes there. Any of those guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scarps. What do you think? We're not going to have two second round picks next year. Right. Um, I don't like judging a draft class after the first year. Um, I, I think that I've seen some good things, seen some good things from Roderick Jones, Keanu Benton, uh, Nick Herbig and all right, Nick. Yes. Yeah. Who's, who's the, who's the other Herbig? The brothers Herbig, Nate, Nate, sorry. Um, and, uh, who, who did I miss? 
Uh, well, uh, let's see. Benton, Trice, JPJ. Sorry. JPJ. Yeah. JPJ. Um, they're now Washington. Who's, yep. who, uh, he, he's had a very typical we'll rookie year. Yeah. He's we'll had some really yeah. nice games. Yeah, he's, he's had some others where to, he's, to he's, made, he's made, he's made some contributions. He's not, uh, he's not, a, to, he's not what I was hoping he was going to be. Same. To, I, I I'd make yeah. him a tackle. Sorry, right? Go on. No, no. I, 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 I mean, they, the guy, the guy runs like he doesn't have knees, and that scares me a little <laughs> bit. Um, but so I, I mean, I don't want to give it a grade right now, but I think I think it was a nice a nice first year for these guys. But yeah, um, yeah, they need they definitely need work, and you know, I'm gonna be real. Like, look, like, look what we've seen from mm-hmm. guys in their second year. I'm talking about. Chase Claypool completely, completely fell off. Um, Kenneth Shane Pickett. <laughs> um, what are you saying, Scarps? I'm just, oh, I'm saying that. I'm, I'm saying that sometimes you come into this league and there's not a lot of tape on you, and people, you know, don't really have a feel for what you do or what you mm-hmm. can do. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, they're like, "Oh, okay, Broderick Jones. Uh, you know, you're not the best guy in pass pro." So uh, I, I know there's going to be a pass here because it's still a predictable, uh, predictable play because Eddie Faulkner's the new OC <laughs> and uh, being a dick now. But anyway, um, good job so far right. for Omar and, and company. But but let's see in a couple years where we're at. Yeah, I think I think we're all speaking to what the contributions have been this year. Yeah, you can't really grade this class yet. Nope. Um, there are guys that could continue to ascend and get better darnell washington darnell washington could be moved to tackle that would be fantastic i think but you know whatever um but you know as as they've contributed this year it's been a successful class uh the future the outlook looks bright but you know yeah you're right they some guys could descend and some guys could ascend and we'll see right let's uh let's tackle uh the Kenny Pickett story. Um, and, and I, I know we all have different takes on what has transpired over the week. And, and, you know, if you're listening, watching the show, you know, there was a story that came out that suggested that it, um, upon hearing he was not going to be starting said, I I don't want to be the number two either. And that's why he, he didn't dress for the Seattle game. Um, some pretty, Pretty valid uh, uh, comments came out from what I would call people who are pretty trustworthy uh, to that. However, um, Pickett has said otherwise himself. Other people in the media have said otherwise as well. And uh, that has created quite the uh, firestorm um, between writers and bloggers and media personalities and and whatnot. I, I'm going to, to to turn it right to you, Scarps. You're you're the one who has been oh. in those battles where you've got to uh, talk to a guy. Hey, the media says this. Um, get ready. You're going to get questions on it. Um, were you surprised that he was literally the guy in front of the cameras first this week? No. Um, and that's a, you know, it was it was smart of him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 thing that I keep going back to is that once again the stories didn't match up. 
You know, it was, and this is this has been a consistent thing for this team this year is that this, that you know the head coach says one thing, the the player says another, um, and you know Kenny Pickett was cleared, um, but he not only didn't start, he wasn't even the number two, and he wasn't even the emergency quarterback. Right. And then he says, right. "Well, yeah. if I if I was healthy, I would have started." Well, anybody that thinks logically could be like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense there because how could you not be healthy, not healthy, but cleared. And then literally the next day when you, when you landed Pittsburgh, um, you're obviously all of a sudden healthy. So, you know, I, you know, we, I dealt with many crises there and many issues. Um, but fortunately there weren't too many of, of these types of things. Um, and I don't know what it is about this year or, or, or recently with this team, but there's been a lot of rumors regarding Kenny Pickett this year. Um, and even though I'm just some Pickett hater, I've never even mentioned the other stuff, but I I do want to say this. Um, I heard the same things that, that, that were reported and the people I heard it from. I know don't talk to the people that they heard it from. <laughs> so I, and, and, and this is the last thing I want to say about it. Um, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I have an idea of what happened. Um, and I, I think that he wasn't happy about the demotion. I think that I don't know if he said, I don't want to dress regardless. He didn't dress, but they hid behind the whole, they hid behind the whole health thing. Now, I just want to say this, and this is what frustrated me the most this week from the picket maniacs. And they were, and they were just like, Kenny is the perfect teammate. What has he ever done in his career that would make you think he would do this? Oh, I don't know. In, in Pitt's uh, most important bowl game of the last 40 years where they could have went 12-2 and two and had the most w- tied for the most wins in, in team history, he didn't play in the he didn't play in the Peach Bowl, but he played in the Senior Bowl. So I'm not saying that makes you a low character guy, but don't sit there and act like Kenny's a perfect angel <laughs> because he's not. And you have no you have no like that's the other thing too. You have no idea what some of your favorite players ever are like behind closed doors. You have no idea. And I'm not talking about Troy Polamalu, <laughs> but I'm saying that like you think you know somebody. Until they hear news that they don't want to hear. Just saying that. Well, to, b- before I let Ben and Ian jump in on this, I, I, I want to come back to you with one more question. Okay. And, and for, first thing is a comment, though, uh, regarding something you just said. When when I started doing this 15 years ago or so, w- one of the things that I kind of regretted about it was exactly that. I started to learn that some of these guys that I thought were great players, great people. I started to hear things, you know, and it's like, God, that guy's really that big of a prick, man, that sucks. Or this guy said that, did that, you know, and you, you learn that these people are human just because they are great at something. Doesn't mean they're not human. They don't make mistakes and so on. But the question that I wanted to to ask you, um, when, when you have a situation like this, where you've got two sides saying two different things, did you have an experience like that when you were there where you flat out knew what the real story was, but yet it was being painted in a completely different way? 
And you don't have to give an example. No, no, uh, no I'm not going to give an example, but I'm going to say, listen, I was part of the propaganda machine for seven years, okay? And there are many things that I did that uh, I didn't believe in and I'm not proud of, but I had to do it because you had to protect the shield. Uh, there are things that I know that I will take to the grave. Yeah. Um, there are things that I know that I will never, never tell another soul. Um, so again, when you think that everybody's telling the truth, they're probably not. And all teams <laughs> do this and all teams lie. And I'm not saying that Mike Tomlin is a liar or Kenny Pickett is a liar. I'm not saying anybody lied, but their stories didn't add up. And anybody that thinks logically can say, well, why weren't you the emergency quarterback? Literally, what happened last year in the NFC Championship game with the 49ers where they literally amended the rules this year? <laughs> yeah, because of that. And and yet, and yet, and yet, Pickett fans were like, oh, how do you really think it would have come down to that? Like, like it's like, what happens if something really did happen? If Mason got hurt and then Mitch got hurt, like, do you want, well, maybe that's not a bad thing because the running game was amazing. Like Jalen Warren running the Wildcat. <laughs> it's like Trace McSorley go hand it off. But like, do you, well, Tr Trace McSorley couldn't even have done it because you nah, have to be on the active activated. roster. That's right. You're right. But, you're but right. The old, the old, the old running joke used to be Heinz Ward was the emergency quarterback. And it's like, and yeah. they used to go, they used to go to Heinz yeah. and they'd be like, you know, they used to go to Heinz. Heinz and, be and like, Heath. I thought it was Heath. Yeah. It was Heinz too, but like, but they always used yeah. to go to Heinz and be like, Heinz, are you ready? And he always be like smiling and shit and be like, no, you know, and I'd be like, I don't want to see fucking Heinz Ward playing quarterback. It's horrible. <laughs> 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 option right, option left. Uh, ben, what, uh, what was your take on what transpired this week? I, I, I know you can't uh, be nearly as impartial as Scarps because of the love he has for Pickett. Um, yeah. But you know what? What's your take on that? Uh, it, it's it's weird. I I again I can speculate. I don't really know what happened. What I can say a little more definitively than Scarps did because he's trying to be polite is somebody's lying. Okay, like we we all know that Jerry Dulac is it Gary or Jerry? It's Gary Dulac. Jerry is, is it Jerry? <laughs> I don't yes, know. It's not Jerry. Is it Pam or Pan? Are you saying Pan? <laughs> Dulac is very well connected, and he came out and said, "Yeah, Pickett was healthy for in Seattle." So you know, whatever. No, he's not. No, he's not. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever they're telling you, yeah, he he was healthy. He was he was cleared. He was healthy. It was all good. And then Pickett comes out and says, "No, discussions were that if I was healthy and I was going to play and I was ready to play, that I was going to start. I didn't believe I was ready to play. They didn't believe I was ready to play. So so I didn't." So I, you know, mm -hmm. I, it's fine. It is what it is. But then this week he's the number two. Mm -hmm. But Sunday he, even though he was cleared, he couldn't be active and be the number two. It just doesn't add up. It just doesn't, right. you know. And I, my instinct here is, and this is an educated guess because I'm talking to people and they're giving me some insight. Nobody will use the word refused, okay? Nobody will come out and say, mm -hmm. Kenny refused to be the number two, okay? That's something that Madden said, all right? That's not that's not something that anybody I can talk to, will, I talk to, will, will, will say. Right. What I think happened, and this is, I, I, 
I, this is speculation. All right. It is. I think that Mike Tomlin wanted to start Mason Rudolph for one more week. And intended doing that all along, all week. And he came out on, on Tuesday and had his presser and said, we're going to leave the ball in Mason Rudolph's hands and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. we'll see how Kenny progresses through the week. Yep. And all of us thought, well, that means Mason Rudolph's getting a little, all the number one reps with the practice with, with the first team this week. Yep. Kenny's not playing. And the, the, the Kenny Pickett stands, the Pickett cult said, no, no, that's not what he said. He said he'd see where Pickett went throughout the course of the week. Yeah, but he also intended all along to give Mason all the reps. So he's playing Mason this week. Mm-hmm. You got to be the lines a little bit. It got to the end of the week, and to help Kenny save some face, he made Kenny inactive. And I think that Mike Tomlin made this decision. I don't think, I don't think that Pickett said, I'm not going to dress and be the number two for this guy. I'm not doing it. And I think that's what this turned into. Yeah. And that Pickett kind of got thrown in, under the bus. That's my instinct based upon all this shit. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, damn, the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers are so fucking dramatic. Yeah. And let's be honest. Be be very honest. A big part of the problem is us as fans. It's us. We are so fucking thirsty for some kind of explanations to all these things that we don't get that we fill in blanks. I, I'm, you, have I, like, yeah. you have people like sports bloggers and shock jocks who feed into that. Mm-hmm. They can feel it. They feed into it. And it helps them. It drives their fucking ratings. I uh I'll come back and touch on that. I, I Ian is the uh, the steady hand of this foursome, and I I need to get his thoughts on on this entire situation. Go ahead. Ian. Burner is a huge Mason fan too. Uh, so Ben covered a lot of what I was going to say, so I'll try and keep this brief, which is not usual for me. Uh, I actually I know I wasn't on the show last week, and I was, <laughs> but if I had been on the show, um, you know my my instinct yeah, right. was after Mason had the big game against Cincinnati, that basically Tom was going to come out and say, you know, what he always says about injured players, right? We'll see how the week progresses. We'll see how it takes us. And at the end of the week, basically just say, hey, you know, Pickett's not ready yet to come back. So it's Mason's gig still. And that is what it is. That's kind of what I was expecting to happen. Just because I think, after that performance, there's no way you can take Mason off the field after what he did against Cincinnati. You have to give him at least another week. But also, I think Tomlin wanted to avoid the the sense of a quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. So I was actually a little surprised on Tuesday when he said, hey, Mason's going to start and we'll see how Kenny does with his injury. Like I just expected it to be, we'll see how Kenny does with his injury, period, and not ma- mention anything about Mason. And then later right. in the week, maybe Friday or something, just be like, "Yeah, Kenny's not not quite there yet. We're going to start Mason." You know, played a little closer to the vest. Also, what that does would have done potentially is, you know, I know there wasn't a ton of tape on Mason, but yeah, like, make Seattle kind of prepare for both guys. Um, so I was a little surprised he came out as early as he did. But then there was obviously the whole other story that happened that you guys covered great. That was the only other point I wanted to add. So, um, but 
now you have to start Mason because he's put up 30 points two weeks in a row. And Absolutely. Yeah. Total no-brainer. Um, can, I, I, the, can, I, can I just chime in one thing at the end of this? Yeah. Can, can we can we skip past Kenny Pickett? I know it's really dramatic and we got to talk about it, but yeah, we, we don't need to can, talk about it too can, long. Can can we talk about Mason Rudolph? Because he has played well for two weeks. That's why I led with that tonight. I want to play over his fucking head. He really has. And I know that I've been very mean to him and I've hurt Scarf's feelings over the past couple of years by discussing how, how much Mason sucks. Um, but did any of us really know Mason was going to play this well? Did we? I mean, seriously. No. I mean, honestly. Um, has Mason not played far better over the past two weeks than we've ever seen before and frankly exceed expectations? And I don't get me wrong. I'm happy for the dude. I hope, I hope he comes out this week and throws for 404 TDs. I hope he does. But did anybody just know that was going to happen? So I think this is something that I mentioned in the chat and, and no is the answer. I didn't know this was going to happen, but playing quarterback in the NFL is hard. It's really hard. Reading NFL defenses is really hard. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason that guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick kept getting gigs and were out playing rookies that like veteran. There's a reason Tyrod Taylor is still around and still playing well, right? Like once you're experienced enough and know how to read a defense and know what to look for, you're better than any rookie coming out, even though teams are going to want to play the rookies because they see the higher long-term potential. But as a right now kind of thing, those veterans that have been around that have seen those seen defenses that have those reps. And yeah, Kenny has more starts than Mason does, but nevertheless, Mason's just been around it more. So Am I shocked that a guy who's a veteran backup is playing capable starting quarterback quality? Now, capable meaning like top 32, you know? Yeah, yeah. Although we said earlier, I said earlier this year that I thought Kenny might be about the 31st best quarterback in the league. Mason's been giving us like 15th, 16th best, which like if we get average quarterback play, we see what this team can be. This team can be... This team has no middle of the defense and is getting average quarterback play and is winning games. So that's and it's putting up 30 points. Like that's what we have is if we can get average quarterback play, we can be really damn good. But I, yeah. Yeah. Go so ahead, I, I think the overall point is that you know the the value of those veteran backups or the value of just experienced veterans that know how to read defenses gets you a better quality than a guy who can't do that. Go ahead, Ryan. Scarps, go ahead. Um I I I mean I'm definitely I'm definitely surprised, but not as surprised as I think some people are. And and I and I've been saying this for years. I've been saying this for years that if you go back and actually watch Mason in 2019 before the Earl Thomas hit and even after before mm-hmm. the Miles Garrett incident, right. the dude was playing fine. Like he wasn't spectacular. He wasn't terrible. He was putting up multi touchdowns a game. Like he was doing fine. And obviously that incident with, with miles was, was, was just horrible for his career. Um, but it, it, just but, to jump in, Ryan, I, I mean, it, it was the whole helmet, thing but but then to be 
told or to be called a racist. Oh, I mean, literally. Was, and, and I said, yeah. I, I said this, I said this earlier. I, I tweeted this earlier about like, you know, everyone all, all this week. Oh, this is character assassination for Pickett. I would be like, you fucking hear it. Sorry for the F word, but like you hear what about the guy that's QB one now? All the shit we, he's had. We to rarely build. say fuck on this podcast. Yeah, that's yes, what that, the, yeah, that, 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 up a little bit around no, this. But all, thing, the, all the all the shit, all the shit that Mason's had to deal with throughout his career, whether it's off the field or on the field. People don't like him who because of who he voted for, or who he may have voted for. You know, he's on TMZ because his girlfriend breaks up with him and all this shit. And it's just like it's like. The, the guy has been through everything, everything, and not one time has anyone ever said he's a bad teammate or doesn't do this or doesn't nope. do that. So which is, again, why I'm surprised about this right. whole this whole picket stuff coming out. Um, but, you, I, Johnny. You know, but but I just, you know, the dude has the dude has been through enough and there is nobody that deserves this more than him. And I want to say this. It's funny because I picked the Steelers to lose. I almost pick them to lose every week, but for the past two weeks, I'm the one that has picked them to score the most points out of any of us. <laughs> but you picked and, them to lose, didn't you? Yes, because I thought the defense was going to be was going to be <laughs> terrible. Um, but I knew Mason was going to be comfort more comfortable than he was. But here, it, it, like I'm like like I said, this dude is putting up numbers that we have haven't seen here in years. The offense is putting up numbers that we haven't seen here in years. I literally go to my Twitter. I got my little my handles wherever. But like Mason is one of only nine quarterbacks since 1970 to have back to back wins with 270 plat passing yards, no interceptions. A passer rating of 112 or higher, a yards per attempt of 10.5 or higher, and a yards per completion of 15 or higher. One of nine quarterbacks in this league. Ben has never even done that. No, Ben is not Mason. Even though I tried to help Mason, and Mason was like, "Yeah, I'm okay, Ben." What another? What again, he had to fucking chime in this week too. Mr. Roethlisberger, of course, had you to knew say, it was coming. Knew Come it was on. Coming. Yep. Because, because yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Ben knocked on Mason's door at, at, in in Rooney Hall and was like, "Hey, Mason, you got a second? And Mason was like, "Not now, <laughs> fucking champ!" You know, and shut the door on him, whatever. But anyway, the the point, and and here's and here's what I want to say too is 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 you know the 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 picketologists want to say we beat twelve and four with Kenny. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. No, shit. no, I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to tell you what. We beat the Patriots and the Colts with Mason Rudolph starting the whole game and getting a week prep. Uh, Maybe we can speculate all we want, but yeah, the well, and, and, that and guy look, did play. And there, there's a couple of really good questions in the chat about you know w w will Mason potentially be the number one going into next year? Yeah. You know, and, and this is something that I wanted to wait until after this weekend to talk about because Let, let's let's do that. Let's talk about that next week. Yeah, because and the reason I say that is because it's very possible things don't go well on Sunday, and then we're back to square Saturday, and then we go back right. to square one. But if he does play well, we might still not even be in the playoffs. So I, I do want to – while, while there still is an opportunity to do so because he's played well for a couple of weeks, I want to yeah. give Mason props for oh one Oh, my thing. God, yes. The dude is cold as fucking ice out there. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. But and I maybe think it, it resonates. Is. 
Maybe it is all the shit he's gone through, like yeah. Scarps pointed out. All of the trials and tribulations and the, the, the low points he's gone through over the last few years. Maybe that's it, and maybe it's toughened him up, but he's out there, and he's just going to the next play, going to the next play. He is just, I, I mean, I don't want to use the term stone-cold killer yet, but if it keeps going this way, eh? Well, but, you know, know, if he has to I will with a little adversity on Saturday, let's see how so we far, react. But so far, the guy, yeah. the guy has exceeded my expectations. It's only been a couple of weeks. It's very, very, very small sample size. I want to throw that qualifier in there. Right. But, but right now, even when he's talking to the press, the dude is just emotionless. He's just. And I don't mean no, that in a bad way. No, steady Eddie. I don't mean that in a bad way. He's yeah, he's steady, exactly. And maybe that's why guys are buying in. I don't know. But what I can tell you is yeah, I was, Dan. I was. Um plugs. We'll come yep. back to that. I was wearing the the eargasm earplugs. You can have a conversation with them. Um but I lost my train of thought here. The dude, maybe he's been through a lot, and it's it's whatever it is that's going on there, right? The team has bought in. The offense has bought in. You cannot yeah. make a switch because of that. And if he wins again this week and somehow they get into the playoffs, how do you change that? How do you change well, it? And, and that's exactly why I want to wait a week and talk about it after Saturday because – I, I things can change so fast in this league. We all know. Yeah, it. they can, and 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 we can, and, you know. And let's just say he wins this week, and we don't get in, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's still there will be a conversation the entire yep. off season. Will Mason Rudolph enter the season as as QB one? Blah blah well, blah. Will there be a competition? Will there I, be? I, will there be? Blah 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 blah. You know, and and it will not let up. And I think um, it was was Aaron that that asked this. And by the way, his his Buckeyes still haven't scored a touchdown. Um, he, he mentioned that uh, Mason could just give us a big middle finger and go elsewhere because he is a free agent. He could, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to cut Mitch, and they're going to turn around and say, "Hey, Mason, would you mm-hmm. like Mitch's money?" <laughs> I agree. Which is which is a smart play. If you're Mason, you take that money and you fucking run. All right. And and yeah, he's going to ask to compete to, to play. And he has a good relationship with Pickett and and he has one, a good relationship with Trubisky, for that matter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think that's going to be a big deal. They'll they'll let him roll in and, and do what they need to do. It'll be fine. Um, Yeah, that that's what I expect to go down. I, I expect Mitch to get cut and, and that money basically to get handed because Mitch is due to make five point. Six million next year, I think. Yeah, which is a you know a a good amount of money. It's a good chunk of change right. for a for a dude that that you know isn't uh, isn't a great quarterback. No, um, I, I want to sh- shift gears uh, this week. The team um, selected T.J. Watt as the team's most valuable player. Um, Ian, was that the right choice? Uh, were there other potential candidates for that? By the way, that is Watt's fourth time being selected the team MVP. Yeah. Um, so at first I was like, Chris Boswell was robbed. Um, but then the more I thought about it, right, 
TJ Watt has 17 sacks. Mm-hmm. James Harrison set the Steelers single season record with 16 the year he won defensive player of the year mm-hmm. uh, in the 2008. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. Cause Troy won in 2010. Yeah. 2008. I think sometimes we f- forget just how dang good TJ Watt is, or maybe our expectations for TJ Watt are so high that like 17 sacks being tied for the league lead, having, you know, the second most sacks in a season in Steelers history. And we're like, TJ hasn't been that good this year. Does he deserve to be the team MVP? Like, you know, th- this is one of one of the the best seasons by an outside linebacker in Steelers history. And somehow we're kind of just like, does he really deserve it though? Sometimes he disappears. And and I'm and I thought <laughs> about this. You know, after the game, and I was like, he's got 17 sacks. He's got more than – and, yeah, I know the year Harrison won defensive player of the year, he also had 100 total tackles, which yeah, was true. insane for an outside insane linebacker. Insane for an outside backer. And TJ hasn't – he's had some splash plays, but I think that year Harrison had like eight forced fumbles or something like that. So it's not the same. I don't think TJ deserves defensive player of the year in the league this year, but – 17 sacks is still 17 sacks. I mean, that's a lot. And, and yeah, so I think he does deserve team MVP. Oh, and he well, just three I, on Sunday and he'll get to 20. I was just yeah. looking at, at, you know, we do our preseason over-unders and, and our, our second statistic was TJ Watt, 17 and a half sacks. That, that, that's what we predicted. And um, Scarps, I, I believe you were even and the rest of us oh. had over. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, on Sunday in regards to that. Uh, Scarps Joey Porter Jr. was... Sorry, can I make one more point on TJ? Yeah, yeah. So I saw some folks in the chat are talking about TJ being Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. And one thing I'll mention, from what I can recall, the Defensive Player of the Year pretty much always is on a playoff team. So if we don't make the playoffs, that really hurts TJ's chances. There was that one year where he was statistically better than Aaron Donald in every category. And then Aaron Donald went out the last week of the year and had like three sacks and two forced fumbles against Seattle and basically one defensive player of the year that week. And that got the Rams into the playoffs and we missed the playoffs that year. And you're right. So like that year, TJ should have been, but wasn't. So if we don't make the playoffs, he's not getting it. And, and to your point, both uh, Garrett and Micah Parsons are going to be in the postseason. Uh, yes. The two guys that are yeah, the, closest to him. The, the only the only player, and I'll get back to the JPJ. The only player, yeah. the only player to, or the most recent player to win Defensive Player of the Year on a team that didn't make the playoffs, and they were actually six and ten, was Jason Taylor, and like. 2007 wow. in Miami or something like that. And I forgot I, that he even won it. Hold on. Let me find this. Let me Jason Taylor. Uh, but getting back to your Joey Porter Jr. question. Well, yeah, he he we talked a little bit about the draft class. And, it was 2000, was, 2006 Miami. They were okay. They were six and ten. He he was voted the uh he was mean Joe Green uh, rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah. Um what, I mean, was he an easy selection or was you know Anybody else worthy yeah, of it? I would, I would say, I would say Broderick Jones probably would be the only other one. I think I don't think Keanu Benton got enough snaps to even be considered. And same with 
Nick Herbig. Um, you know, I, that's a it's a tough one because the run game completely changed when Broderick Jones was put into the lineup. Hey, Chooks, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> Don't let the door, uh, yeah, as they but say. But still, by the way, still, Chooks is the only person to run his mouth and get actually get. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, again, I, I think Joey Porter Jr., I wasn't a huge fan of the pick because I, I think there's a little bit too much family and friends discount uh, at the Steelers. But um, I think he's done some good things, but he has he has struggled this year in certain times. And mm-hmm. um, but I, but I think he deserves it. Um, I think he's made some 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 big plays for us. But getting back to Ian and TJ Watt, absolutely TJ Watt is a team MVP. And if it wasn't for TJ Watt, I don't know if this team would have six wins. Um, and all those games that 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 Kenny got a chance to come back and win is because TJ Watt was ridiculous in them, and yeah, and the I defense agree. did their job so Kenny could get his sixteen points. I am ah, you know what? I'm yeah. I'm not drinking and I'm so on tonight. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Just for those uh, that don't know, it's really uh, disappointing. Right, I missed the old scarf in, in Atlanta January. Uh, yeah, so the so the next several I, uh, goes I had a way Atlanta scarves where where scarves was drunk and read the letter the first go through <laughs> was live. That that was some pretty good shit. Scarps right was kind of like Costanza when he stopped having sex. Remember how smart he got and intelligent <laughs> and everything. <laughs> um. But the good news is, is February first is a Thursday night, oh, so this will be perfect. This perfect, will be perfect timing. Speaking perfect of timing. Atlanta, we had our layover there on the way back from Rome. Oh. I did not have time to visit the infamous Circle K and buy white claws, but I was in the Atlanta airport, so I, I did, did think of Did you get to the duty free? Did you? I did not get to the duty free. No, I went to the Shake Shack and got a cheeseburger and fries because after. Eight days in Italy, I was like, I want some American food. Absolutely. USA. There yes. we go. Um, I, I literally texted a picture of the burger to my wife and I was like, I love this country so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you, man. Uh, ben, I wanted to uh, give you a, uh, a chance on both TJ Watt as the MVP and JPJ as the rookie of the year. Did you have any thoughts to the contrary? No, I. Joey Porter has had the as a rookie. He's had the greatest contribution this year. He's played the most yeah. snaps. Um, his rookie season is gone. Yeah, as we thought it would. He's had some some bright spots, and he's had some dumb penalties mm-hmm. where he grabbed guys, and it was you know it was very obvious that he should not have grabbed the guy there. Sure. Um, but he'll learn, and things will get better, and it'll be fine. You know. Um. I think he's he's super talented, ridiculously talented. And as Ian pointed out, he's got the frame and he's got the length and he's got the strength and speed and all the physical attributes you want there. And you, you, that's stuff you can't teach. Um, but I think it's a pretty good class. And, and to be rookie mm-hmm. of the year in this class is a pretty big deal. Good for him. And yeah, I mean, you know, as, as Scarps points out all the friggin' time, I mean, TJ is the franchise. That's the guy. That's why he's yeah. paid so much. It is what it is. That's why you he know. can create his own parking spot. It's also, yeah, there's that. It's yeah. also uh, it's also why they're 
record is so much better when he actually plays in games versus when he doesn't. Good point. You know, yeah, the guy, very, very good. yeah, did did Boswell should he have gotten some consideration? Sure, Boswell should be offensive MVP. <laughs> okay, yeah. I will say that. Absolutely, but, no argument. Yeah, you know, um, I, I have a random question, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Um, what what is the? What? And I'm sure Ian is about ready to win this award. That I know for sure. Saying. What book? is the longest book you've ever read oh wow oh my goodness all right wait hold on <laughs> i knew this would pique ian's interest war and peace uh, yeah war and peace well, always okay. comes to mind but does does lord of the rings count as one book as no, six books or as that's... three books it's a lot of fucking books. Ian. It's a lot it's of books. Book. Uh, well, I guess they did three movies out <laughs> they of. Did three, uh, I, I have a single book that contains all three books in it, okay. which is why I asked. I have not read that version of it, though. I've read the other, okay. yeah, you know, but the three. The longest book I've ever read. Oh man, um, <laughs> Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Battlefield Earth. All right, and read Battlefield Earth. I I always knew Dan was a Scientologist. Deep down. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I, I read Dune early last year. That was probably like 700 pages. So Dune might okay. be the longest book. All I've right. Read. Scarves? Because I think that's longer than the Game Who of Thrones. Book. I don't know. Probably the probably the Earth. 2000. Probably like the 2003 October issue of Penthouse or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Ryan, I legitimately thought you were going to say like the 2014 Steelers Media Guide. Yeah, I, was I, was, like, I read no. that cover to cover, um, damn it. Scarf, no. Is that the January double issue? I think, uh, I think that's, yeah, yeah. Here's Jay Gals with Shadow Bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no. Oh, Melvin coming in strong with the Encyclopedia Brown. I love those Brown. books. Encyclopedia Brown was awesome. No, those I, were great books. Serious, serious. I, yeah. I, I, I had to read Crime and Punishment in high school. That's like. Holy God, your teacher should like have been. 600 pages. That's terrible. Ben, what's your longest book? Fuck, I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's a name. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't fucking don't know. know. Uh, well, uh, fuck, I don't know. I, I like. Okay. All right. Well, the reason I bring this up is because I don't know if any of you saw the, the, the Baltimore Ravens injury list game <laughs> status for this weekend. It's literally as long as Warren pieces. Uh, you you got to love Harbaugh. I, I, I mean, he's got, he's obviously got Lamar on there and, you know, OBJ's not playing. He's getting rest too. But I, I mean, he literally has half the roster listed on the game status. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I get it. He wants to create a little bit of uh, uncertainty, but at the same time, I mean, do, do you guys really think that that he's going to be playing many of these starters for very long? I mean, what, what has he got to achieve? I, I mean, granted, if we win, we sweep the Ravens this year, but I don't really know that he would care much about that. All right, here's the thing. Harbaugh's a vindictive motherfucker. You remember that game in 2011 when yes. he was kicking the shit out of us? Yes. And then went for a two-point conversion yep. on a fake field goal just to rub it in our Dick. face? Yes. Dick. He would they would he would love to knock us out of the playoffs. So it wouldn't I shock agree. me. Also, considering they've already locked up the first round bye, 
like three weeks without a game is a long time for some players, especially I, I was actually surprised they didn't say, oh, we're going to play Lamar like the first quarter or something like that, just to get him a couple reps. I thought and, that's what they yeah. do. Yeah. So, you know, um, but but yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And Tyler Huntley's beat us before. So, yes, he has. You, you know, um, but, famous Mitch Trubisky three interception game. Yes, yes, yes. But also, we I think we have more wins against Lamar than any other team, which is hilarious. Uh, yep. Ben, you you we posted are, it. We are six and one versus the Ravens in our last seven. It's incredible. Uh, Warren which Sharp is, posted that. Yeah, we're we're better than any team in the league versus the Rats, and the part of that is just familiarity, and part of it is, you know, have kind of having Lamar's number. I think. I don't know. We'll see. I I I wasn't like super stoked that Jackson wasn't going to play. To be perfectly honest with you, but you know, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see. Yeah, um, I, I really thought they were going to go with with their guys. They would, you know, run them through their normal warm up, maybe give them a quarter, and and then set them uh, set them down. But you know, Harbaugh uh, obviously knows but, better. Than honestly, that. it's a smart play. Like if somebody's nicked up at all. First yeah. of all, yeah, you pick your quarterback. But second, if somebody's nicked up at all, you have home field. You have the number one yep. tied up. You you do the smart thing. Then you come back in a week and you, you know, you run them through the paces kind of hard. It that and, that game. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, just, just that. That was it, man. Right. You know? Right. I, you know, I agree they have Lamar's number, but I think Lamar looked really good earlier this year at the at the stadium formerly known as Heinz Field. Uh, his receivers let him down. I, oh, I did that, eight, uh, eight drops. You know, he yep. he was, <laughs> was very beautiful. he was very efficient. And once again, T.J. Watt making a play late in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. and Joey Porter Jr. had a pick. Um, one thing they didn't do yeah. this year, which I thought was odd was usually they send one of the outside linebackers and they, they'd alternate it, you know, back and forth, kind of not every other or anything, but it was mm-hmm. like, you're going to get him this time, you know, then I'm going to get him again next time, so on and so forth. I don't know. They'd send a linebacker right at Lamar, no matter what. Even if Lamar let go of the ball, there was an outside linebacker coming at him who was going to be there in his face, whether the ball was gone or not. And it kind of got in his head. And they didn't do that this this time when we played him. They played him a little bit more conservatively, but as you pointed out, Jackson's receivers dropped the ball eight times. Yeah. Yeah. It, including, I think, two that would have been for scores. I can't even At least one. Back, it man. was Bate, Bateman and Andrews dropped touchdowns. Yeah. And yeah. then Zay had one. I don't know if it was on the same drive, but he was he was open. Um, yeah, and Zay's yeah, not playing I, again this week either. No, he looks like he's down. OBJ's down. Um, they uh, uh, they're real good offensive lineman. Uh, Zeitler, is that it? Yeah, um, is not looking like he's not going to play. Um, you know, th- this is one of those situations where I always get worried that the Steelers are just going to walk in there thinking, "Well, they're they're sitting everybody. This will be easy." And th- these are the ones we lose. I don't think they're going to get cocky. I hope not. I don't see that. But Zay Flowers is doubtful. Right, right. You know, uh, I, Kyle I, Hamilton. Yeah, he probably won't play. Right, he's dinged. Yep. Uh, uh, Malik, uh, Malik Harris. Humphrey left the game last name. week. Humphrey's not. He's out. 
Jackson's out. Um, the, here's here's the thing that concerns me about this game. Yeah, is we all know it's going to be tight, right? We all know it's going to be three points either way. Be probably a fucking four point and, game someplace. And I've I've I was there for the Ryan Mallett game where we had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and lost to a, a Ravens team that was just absolutely decimated by injuries. Mm-hmm. And it's wild this year because they lost J.K. Dobbins and they also lost to Mark Andrews. But other than that, they've been pretty healthy overall, and they have depth. Um, I think they're a very good football team regardless. It's a division game. It's a rivalry. Um, no, I don't think we're going to go in there uh, being cocky, but I but I, I do think that they're going to shut down the run, and Mason's probably going to have to to win this one with his arm. And no, there's no way Dalvin Cook's gonna play. He just got I, there. He just got there, but I, I wouldn't be I, I'm kind of with Melvin. I wouldn't be shocked if they use him just to just to rest other guys. That's it. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't use him to try and give him some familiarity with the players. Right. I, I'm not saying he's gonna take a tough snap. Just snacks, just, just familiarity with the players, the other pieces on the field. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that'll be. I don't even think he's on the active roster, though. He, he might not be, Ryan. I, I he's not. I saw that come across this morning. I thought, yeah, they're, they're maybe they're just doing it to to hide some some carries from some of the other guys, uh, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, anybody uh want to di- dive into uh, predictions for this weekend? Yeah, we you already know that. mine. Oh. Yeah. Do we? I, I do. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ian, what's uh, what's your prediction this weekend? All right. So we just predicting the Steeler game. We're we predicting if they make the playoffs or not, because they also need a Jags loss and a Bills loss, right? Oh, I love the way you think. So we're going to do both of those. We're going to predict the Steelers game, and then we're going to predict whether or not they make the postseason. So... Mason, the one thing he hasn't had to do yet, well, the little against Seattle. Seattle got a lead on him, but he hasn't really had to play from behind in the second half. Okay. Um, But the Ravens are sitting some of their better corners as well, Mm -hmm. although Mm -hmm. they have some decent safeties too. Um, I, I, I don't think we get to 30 in this game, but I think... I feel like we'll be able to run the ball a little bit. So, and and Huntley's good enough if you give him enough opportunities, but I think the Steelers find a way to get it done. I'll go, I'll go Steelers 23, Ravens 20. Okay. But we missed the playoffs. (gasps) Because the Bills beat the Dolphins on Monday night or on Sunday night. Sorry, Monday night. Yeah. Okay. Ben, I, I think, what do you got? I think I think the Titans could actually pull it off against the Jags, but then we only need one of them to lose. No, we need both of them to lose. I thought we only need one. Uh, of them no, to it's lose. just one. Oh, it's just one. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. I'll still say we win, but miss the playoffs. Okay. But then, right. then. So you're saying the Jaguars are going to beat the Titans? Well, yeah. 
They've been and the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, then, uh, oh no, I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I get. Yeah, well, whatever. But either way, it's going to make for a really interesting off season. Oh my god! If Just Mason Rudolph wins nuts. three games in a row to end the season, yeah. Even though if we miss the playoffs, oh, my ideal world though, like just for shits and giggles, mm-hmm. I would love to see us make the playoffs and Mason win a playoff game, and us to have to have a show after after all season we've been like, none of these guys have won shit. Nobody's won a playoff game on this team, and then Mason come in and win a fucking playoff game and be like, well, fuck, Mason won a playoff Scarps. game. Scarps, <laughs> will, Scarps will be so fucking happy. Oh my god, just yeah. just wait for that show. It's uh, he's gonna be drinking back then. He'll be all right, Ben. What, what do you got? Right. Steelers prediction, and then do they make the postseason? Steelers prediction. Uh, my Steelers prediction is the same as it's been for the past two weeks. Okay. Uh, other team, which is the Ravens this week, twenty-seven. Steelers thirteen. Holy shnikes! Yep. Okay. Well, I keep picking them answers, to lose, and they keep winning. Answers the so, second question. Yeah, so thirteen Ravens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so we're gonna lose, and then we'll win, and uh, and somehow we find a way to make the playoffs, even with a loss, even with a loss. Wow. I don't think we can get in after we win. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and Scarpino, what do you got? So Ben, did you say yes playoffs or no? Yeah. Okay. So, so interestingly, I, Ryan, you've got the notes, but I think this is a change from our preseason predictions where I think Ben said they would win 10 games but miss the playoffs, and I think I said they would no, win no, 10 I said, games and miss the playoffs. I said the they win 10 games and go to the playoffs, but lose in the first round. Okay. okay. There it is. Now, Dan said we can get in even with a loss. So we can get in with a loss, yeah, but it's a long yeah. shot. Yeah, but ben, said no win. ben said no win but get in. I think um, I said get in and win a game. And no, you said of the year. I think I you said, I said possible said, playoff win. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I definitely said no. <laughs> Thank you for that caveat of possible. What did you What did you say, Mark? I'm pretty sure nine I said and eight, no nine playoffs. And eight, no playoffs. Oh, oh, I and thought I, I thought I thought that Mark went full on Tomlin's first losing season. No, and I said right. I thought. No, I said it. what the fuck? Do you guys <laughs> not remember that? I that said, was, how many weeks ago? I don't know. The guy who's the only one not drinking tonight. That's, he should that's remember why, everything. That's why I write things down. Ah, um, very good. I said ten and seven and no playoffs. Ah. So that would mean they oh, need victory. to win this week. Ooh, you um, oh. I think that here you ready for this? Steelers okay. twenty to seventeen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In overtime. Really, really get it. The script, the script is going to be what the script is going to be wonderful. <laughs> the script, the script, and we do not make the playoffs. And I've said this for a while oh. now that one of those games, t- Titans are terrible, yep. and the the Dolphins got you and me playing defensive back. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not even telling the no, they're they're the, dinged, the man. Bills are going to win by. Th- it's three touchdowns Sunday night. And you think so? Oh yeah. And yeah. uh I I don't know if the Titans score more than ten, then I'll be like twenty to ten. But we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait until Sunday night. But 
I do like the Steelers to win, and I just love it. I just fucking love it. I just love it. I just love it. Mason fucking Rudolph, if you're listening, man, if you're one of these burners, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're about Kiss to make Casey. You're about to make the dedication. This Kiss week. ass. <laughs> All right. Before we get to Casey, uh, Casey uh, from the grave, uh, I, I – Man, I've been so wrong this year on these games. I'm kind of like Ben. I'd like to pick one way just so it goes the other. But I'm going to take Steelers. Oh, I'm, doing it. I'm going to take Steelers 23-16 to beat uh, the Ravens. You guys uh, are all cursing them to lose and, because you won't shut the fuck up. Nah. God. I'm, I'm telling you right now. We have no Mike, Mike fucking Vrabel. I may even send some money to my Sarah daughter down, down in Nashville. And, and and let her go to the game just so she can yell and scream at Trevor Lawrence and, and the, the Jags uh, 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 or, or something so that they'll get distracted and lose. Uh, I, I've got us. I think we're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to do it. I think the Mason Rudolph story continues. I think it's going to be unbelievable. Um, at least you it is that? for me. You hear that? Steel Dad is joining the Mason Rudolph cult. Uh, no, not the cult. They're going to get in the robes here next week. Uh, we're going to get number two robes, black robes, big gold, number twos on them. Rudy across the front. Yeah. So, so so we need a fucking quarterback. So real quick before we go to Casey, but yeah, realistically, this is, if we do get it, it it is because the Titans win. And that means we are the seven seed, um, going to play the Buffalo Bills on the road. We'd most likely play in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and because of the viewership we bring in, we'd probably be playing that Saturday night game. What if too. Miami finds a way to pull that shit out? What if they do? Well, what, if, what if we are fucked in Miami too. But they're I don't know hurt. If we are. I heard bad. They're dinged. I think we can run the, the ball. The place I'd most like to go to, honestly, is Baltimore if we had to play a, a playoff well, game. But that ain't happening. We could go to there is this there is a way we could go to K we could go to KC, which would be which would be unbelievable. That would be like their wake up call, right? Like they'd be like right. suck all year and, and Cal Brandt could get his fucking stupid angry run shit and, and <laughs> because, because him and Najee having a and then and then Patrick Mahomes. See, and Scarps is sober. He see he's a hater even when he's sober. You guys just right. don't know this. We talked to I him literally all week. I literally yeah. just I literally just said we'd have a shot in Miami. <laughs> right. All right. But hey, you know what? I you can also talk to, called uh, Kyle Brandt angry run, stupid fucking run shit. It would only be like, hey, it, it gets him some clicks. What do you what can you say? You know. I, I, I will say with that angry run shit, I respect the hell out of whoever from the Steelers PR department sent the picture of the whole Steelers offensive line to him. When he was like, hey, Najee's going to win this. Send me a picture. And they sent him, you know, the whole Steelers oh, O-line and, and no picture of Najee. No that picture was, of Najee. No, that it was. was it was great. Yes. A- Angry Run sponsored by Chipotle also. <laughs> or, or Taco Bell. Mm. Uh, let's go to Mr. Casey Kasem. He's got one foot in the grave. Actually, his whole body's in the grave. But somehow he still does this every week. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Casey Kasem. Much, much like Kenny Pickett's career, Casey's oh, dead. Oh, 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 wow. Wow. <laughs> Can Casey's Ryan do this sober? Coast, American Top 40. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week that was January 4th, 1971. 
Our favorite correspondent, Ryan, is back again with us this week, and he writes, Dear Casey, He's young now, he's wild now, he wants to be free. He's got the magic power, but it's not Kenny. (laughs) Casey, that's a parody of Triumph's Magic Power off their 1981 album, Allied Forces, which made its way up to number 23 on the Billboard album charts. As you know, Triumph was a power trio consisting of three members that were excellent at their craft, which cannot be said about the Steelers' quarterback room. Except yeah. for Mason. You see, oh, Mason... Shut up. <laughs> Please don't interrupt the dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Casey, like Triumph lead singer and guitarist Rick Emmett, Mason is carrying the group to success. Mason continues to lay it on the line, while Mitch is just trying to hold on to his career, and Kenny didn't want to fight the good fight in Seattle. Casey, as you know, on Sunday, May 29th, 1983, Triumph performed at the U.S. Festival in San Bernardino, California. That day, they had ridiculous competition against acts like Ozzy Osbourne, Van Halen, Judas Priest, Motley Crue, The Scorpions, and Quiet Riot. But that didn't deter Rick Emmett from electrifying the thousands in attendance. Casey, what you don't know about this day is that Mason Rudolph's father, Brett, made the trip to San Bernardino from Chagrin Falls, Ohio, to see his favorite band play. And as Rick Emmett hit that final chorus of Lay It On The Line, you know the one where it sounds like someone put his nuts in a vice, <laughs> Brett, Rudolph, Brett Rudolph locked eyes with a young lady named Jamie. Almost four years later, they conceived Mason in the back of a Pontiac Trans Am while listening to a cassette of Allied Forces. Casey, none of that was true. (laughs) Casey, none of that was true, and I know I need to seek professional help. (laughs) Fast fast forward to January of 2024, where Mason is playing out of his mind, leading the Steelers to -to back-to-back 30-point outings and a chance to lead the team to the postseason. You know, doing the same things Kenny has already done. I'm looking at you, Picket Maniacs. Casey, Mason could cure cancer tomorrow, and the picketologist would say Kenny did it first. Casey, the picket sexuals are out of control, and I have a message for them. You're so vain. Well, Ryan, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. You're in luck. We've got a new number one song this week, thanks to Carly Simon. Here's You're So Vain. Who's it about? We'll never know. But it's definitely not about Kenny Pickett. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, the great and late Casey Kasem with, uh, boy, Triumph. I love Triumph. I love the uh, references tonight. That's fantastic. Uh, Some great stuff there. To to be fair, I want to make this up. But... So, so Mason's dad is Brett and his wife or yeah. his mom is Jamie. So I did fall that his dad's from Shagard Falls, Ohio. Yeah. I do not know if he made his way to the U.S. You, you, you had me believing, California. man. I was festival? believing. Huh? The U.S. Festival? I almost went to that. The, yeah, U.S. Festival. That's how old I am. And that was called yeah. the U.S. Yeah. Festival. You're, back. you're yeah, very Oz old. game later. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. I was, I was unbelievable. only 14, and so I was not allowed no. to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. I tried. Yeah. yeah, most of us were probably hanging out at the Aladdin's Castle video game place <laughs> in the mall 
but uh, apparently they didn't have that there. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody. Our our crew that interacts with us every week, you're amazing, and uh, love you guys. Thank you all. Gals, Even though Johnny's a dick, and so is Dan, there, but the rest of you guys are great. Johnny, really Dan, please continue to be here every week. We absolutely love it. You guys uh, are assholes. Everybody's great, and uh, thank you to everybody who listens at their own leisure. We appreciate it. And uh, next week at this time, we'll either be wrapping up the season or we'll be looking towards a potential playoff game. Um, one way or the, uh, or another, enjoy the end there. And uh, hopefully Mason plays well. And, and uh, either way, the offseason is going to be crazy this year. I know that much. Uh, for these guys, this is Steel Dad signing off. Make sure you check out the website, SteelCityBlitz.com. Check us out on our socials. And always remember, go Steelers. Ravens suck, even though they actually don't. <laughs>